You're listening to episode six of the Mad Chatters podcast, November 5th, 2014. Most everyone's mad here. <laughs> Hello, you're listening to another episode of the Mad Chatters podcast, your very important date with the happenings at Walt Disney World and around the Disney universe. I am your host, Derek, and I'm here with my fellow host, Matthew. Hoop de doo, hello. And Jeremy. Round of lolly. <laughs> That's, That's great. <laughs> That's great. All right, on today's show, we're going to do a Mad Q party. Q stands for question, and we've got a lot of them. We're going to be asking each other some what-if questions, all related to Disney World, and uh, hopefully have some fun hearing each other's answers. Um, first, let's talk a little bit about something that happened this weekend um, at the parks. There was a fire, and some fire trucks, and uh, Jeremy, I think you saw it first. Well, yeah, everybody was freaking out on Twitter about it. Apparently during Wishes uh, at the Magic Kingdom last night, some, uh, well, I've heard different things. I heard that the wind was a factor or could have been a factor in it, but they also say that one of the shells apparently did not go as high as it was supposed to. I saw somebody else do that. Who knows what actually happened? I'm sure the truth is out there somewhere. But all that to say, a rogue spark landed in the grass on the Seven Dwarfs Mine Train and started a small fire. And <laughs> as you can imagine, that was quite the sight. And they evacuated the ride and brought in the fire trucks. And thankfully, a lot of people were saying the response time was slow, but that's a long way to get through yeah. to the Magic Kingdom. And plus then you got to get through the crowd and all that to say the fire was contained and they did put it out. And apparently it was just cosmetic damage because they reopened the ride uh, just like 20 minutes after all this Yeah, ended. I can't believe that. And the fire trucks were in Magic Kingdom? I mean, I assume they had to have been. That's just so weird. Yeah, you know? I, and now I'm How recalling... How did that happen? Well, there... I I can't recall. I need to look it up, but I Everybody remember... just brought the little circus wagon over from Storybook Circus. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why it took so long. The clowns were like yes, doing all their just... antics. <laughs> just put the fire out, guys. <laughs> Uh, well, there's video also. Apparently, there was a fire recently in Epcot, or maybe not recently, but uh, there's video of, on YouTube that you can see the fire truck like driving past Spaceship Earth, past the Fountain of Nations there, <laughs> lights going. And of course, every tourist has their cell phone out taking video of it. Yeah. But. That reminds me of that thing we um, saw when we went to Epcot. Was it that Thursday night we went, ate at the Rose and Crown, and went to Maelstrom? And like on the way out, they did like their own little goodnight kiss out on the lagoon, remember? Yes, I do. Yes. And they turned the barge on. It looked like an atomic bomb went off. <laughs> yeah, it was just <laughs> as we were walking out the park, it was like they did this countdown. And I'd never yes. seen that. They had like leftover fireworks or something? I guess. We lingered that night longer than I'd ever lingered in Epcot after the illuminations. And uh, yeah, but anyway, so some excitement, a lot of theories about what what happened as well. Um, a lot of funny jokes going around on Twitter. Um, I personally, my initial thought was that dang Olaf has got to be stopped. He's determined to take over every attraction. And But that was just my joke. I will set him on fire. <laughs> 
Well, that would that would be really terrible if that attraction burned down. It only took him like 17 years to build it and oh then all gosh. for nothing. And you haven't even ridden it yet, Derek. So I know. That don't burn down yet. I'll burn it down <laughs> afterwards if I don't like it. But anyway. All right. Well, let's continue our series on the good, the bad, and the ugly. And this time, let's turn our sights on Asia, which is in... Um, well, it's in the eastern part of the world, but the Asia we're talking about <laughs> is in Animal Kingdom. So who wants to give their good first? Well, my good is pretty obvious, and I think it's probably everybody's good. I Even though so. in its current state, it's not tip-top, and that is Expedition Everest, which is uh, an attraction that was built and opened in 2005, and a lot of misconceptions about um, the storyline, a lot of people just are kind of confused by it, but you don't actually go, you're not actually on Everest, on the mountain, but you're traveling to Everest, and that's when your path is stopped by the Yeti, and it's just a wonderful attraction, very well themed, I love the queue. I love going through it and through the Yeti Museum, through the ticketing agency, through the store. Lots of little fun things to see, little visual candies. Um, you, you, if you kind of just lose your senses for just a minute, you, you almost feel like you're traveling through uh, some uh, Pakistani – I don't know what's on the border there. of uh, Nepal? Nepal. That's what I was going to Nepal. Uh, uh, Neapolitan, Neapolitan uh, village. You're going through there. Nepali. <laughs> <In> Nepali. <laughs> Neapolitan. Words. You mean chocolate, strawberry, and vanilla. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, and then, you know, you board the train and uh, it has the smoke going and you travel and the senses, your senses are going with the sounds as you travel on the track. All the way up to the mountain, you go through. Uh, well, I'm not going to give too much away in case there's listeners that haven't ridden it yet. But the Yeti, of course, is in its worst state ever right now. It just kind of sits there and has a strobe light on it. It's seen better days, and hopefully one day we'll see its uh, glory resumed again. But it's still a great attraction overall and definitely the highlight of Asia. Mm. Yeah, I agree. That was my good. Um, but I have a backup in case someone took it because there are a lot of good things about that section of the park. And I, I mean, this is really vague, but just kind of the theming in general, like I feel like no corner was left untouched in that part of the park. Mm-hmm. Like I had read somewhere that um, in that part of the world, bicycle is the main mode of transportation. So you've got like little prop bicycles kind of leaned against walls in various places. And I've never noticed this, but apparently there are bicycle tracks like in the kind of like you talked about with the peanuts and storybook circus last week, how mm-hmm. it's got bicycle tracks in the pavement. Anyway, it's just a really cool section. When you come around the corner where we had our picture taken that one time with, with the guy like who wouldn't just give us the camera back. Anyway, um, <laughs> you've got the great view of Expedition Everest across the water, you know. It's just, a, it's, I don't know, it just all looks really, really nice. I like it a lot. I want to piggyback on both of these. Um, I'm going to save my Expedition Everest, and I'll tell you where that goes in a minute. But I'm going to say my good is, I mean, Asia's wonderful, but particularly the area they built around uh, Expedition Everest when it opened. Because it was almost like a little mini expansion. They opened a big like section of Asia. And I get the kingdoms confused. I think the area they opened was called Anandapur. Anandapur, yeah. Yeah. Um, I just like that area because I like them. 
what you just said about Asia in general, I like the background music. I like mm. all the little carts and like the Asian uh, food truck looking things. The Anandapur uh, Tea Company is terrific if you like hot tea. Well, you can get it cold too and little tea cakes and things like that. And um, I love the Yak and Yeti fast service, the, mm. the quick service restaurant yeah and just in general the lighting's great the little light bulbs they have hanging over the prayer flags hanging everywhere yes it's just all very authentic and uh just very relaxing place to be it is fun how there is that overall theme as well with the um uh the king and queen of the royal family Mm -hmm. their portraits that they're in the everest queue they're in the uh collie river rapids queue so they're all over and and i like it when when a a theme is totally, completely exhausted throughout the whole area. It's not just yeah. in one spot. Mm-hmm. To the point where they're willing to make you uncomfortable. Because you'll notice that the pathways are quite narrow there. And even it's like Morocco. If you ever listen if you ever listen to the background loop from Morocco and Asia, they both have like hustle and bustle in the background, like car mm. horns and people talking and yelling and carrying on. So um yeah, Disney will go to the length of making you feel uncomfortable somewhere to make it authentic. <laughs> well, and even to the point as well that I've been with people and I've pointed out those portraits and they'll say, now, is that really the king and queen over there? Is that really who they are, the royal family? I can't. I keep calling them king and queen. I better make sure that's what they're called. I should have researched this. But anyways, um, it, it's just nice details like that. You really are immer- uh, submerged into this culture that fictional or not it's it's very Mm -hmm. very real yeah it it makes me think of what people said when diagon alley opened earlier earlier this year that's you know completely immersive and there's never an an experience like this but i would i haven't been there but based on pictures i would say animal kingdom you know did something like that 16 years earlier than diagon alley did yeah but the difference is people like that since not that nothing against diagon alley or hog or no, no, no. meat or whatever but it's just that, that people like like the sensational like in your face stuff and yeah. asia is just very well it's subtle it's subtle mm-hmm. theming things yep. that you have to notice and know about asia in order to know hey this is pretty authentic yep you know? i love it yes the royal couple of anna Depor. now that i've looked it up We'll put that yep. their portrait in the show notes, and next time you're at Animal Kingdom, you can look it up. Look for yeah. that. King, Queen, and Hatsi Tatsi. <laughs> whatever they are. God bless them. I'll go ahead and give my bad. I have a feeling this might be on your list, too. Uh, but it goes back to Expedition Everest, and it's that Yeti, which mm-hmm. is such a spectacular audio animatronic when it actually is an audio animatronic and not just a statue. And if they you can say it, when as if it could be. I mean, it could. It worked for like less than a year. Oh. It was working when we went that first time, right? It opened in 2006 and oh, okay. it was working regularly through the end of 2007 okay. and then it stopped. Uh, um, anyway, so when that, when that was working, it was great and it hasn't worked since then, which is why it goes in the bad category because. I'm going to go ahead and say Expedition Everest is my bad, so. Okay. Is it for that reason? Yeah, for that same reason. I think it brings down the whole attraction, though. So, like, for you, the Yeti made the attraction? Yeah, well, I mean, it's a good ride, but without that, and especially the way they... I I guess I could have zoned in and said the Yeti, but it kind of just brings down the attraction for me. I like it a lot. So, you know, bad meaning it could use some work, 
that ride could use some major work. Plus, the the bird on the stick thing doesn't appeal to me. <laughs> now, when they first opened it, did they really advertise? Talk about like the um, the revolutionary technology they have with the Yeti. They had a TV special that you can still find on. You can still find clips of it on YouTube. Whereas Joe Rody, he's there, and they got the they they've had they got the whole Yeti, but they've got it behind the stick kind of transparent plastic so you can kind of see it mm-hmm. but they're trying to tease you and it shows the whole hand it's like five feet in diameter because and it was supposed to be the most advanced auto animatronic to date exactly they, yeah. they really I mean, it was sold the biggest that. fastest most fluid most joints or points of movement or whatever they call them it was quite impressive exactly so for them to say all that and then that part of it not really be working anymore I guess, yeah. And now they still, I mean, they still advertise it with the Yeti, but you can tell that they've backed off of the whole Yeti thing. Like, you don't even see that old logo anymore that that was the, like, the mountaintop that kind of looked like the Yeti's head with the two eyes. Oh. Remember that logo? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, nowadays they talk about spotting the Yeti. You might spot the Yeti, you know. Check out Expedition Everest, and there's a Yeti at the end. Yeah, he might be in there. Well, I've ridden it with people, and I have to get done and say, did you see the Yeti? No. (laughs) Everybody I've gone with lately, since it's been down, they don't notice it. you you got to look up. I know it's really quick, and if the spotlight's not exactly going in (laughs) right when we fly by, then... If the disco party is not going on when we drive by... (laughs) Well, here's here's a pro tip for you. A couple years ago, I was at the I was at Animal Kingdom by myself, and it was a slow day, not a lot of crowds, and then it started to rain. And I am not a play in the rain kind of a person. When it's time, when it starts to rain, I, it's go inside. Let's leave that for you know the Philistines. And uh, but Expedition Everest was very low, and I thought, you know what, I'm just going to ride it. Because it was kind of raining, it wasn't uh, really that bad, and that ride is amazing in the rain because you're going and it's hitting you in the face and then you're inside the mountain and then you're outside the mountain and it's back again and you're not – and it just really enhanced the experience. So if it's raining, that's a great ride to ride in the Hmm. rain. You know, I've always wanted to ride it at night and I have never had the chance to. Well, that's because the park closes at 2.30 in the afternoon. Well – in the next couple of years. Well, for a long time. Oh, that's true. We'll have a chance. But they used to have extra magic hours at the evening. Now, granted, it would only stay open until like 8. But still, you could, <laughs> so you could swing a nighttime ride. Well, yeah. go in the winter and now the clocks, you know, with turning back, it's 4.30. It's dark. So you could have the mm-hmm. Might try it. It's yeah. a good idea. My bad is – I don't like this term bad because – I know. It's, it's not really bad, but it, it could be improved, and that is the jungle trek, the Mahara jungle Maharaja. trek. Maharaja. Maharaja. I can never say it right. Uh, jungle trek. Come on now. Jimmy. And I – again, I, probably more so than you two, I enjoy looking at animals and seeing the animals. It's not my total favorite thing to do, but it's enjoyable. And this trek I enjoy. It's just very long – and I feel like there's a lot of room in between the animals that could be filled in with something because um, you're kind of walking for a while and there's an animal and then you walk and walk and walk and walk and there's him. The highlight is definitely the tigers uh, there with the old ruins that they walk around in the old uh, uh, Hindu temple. It's very authentic looking, very nice, and you definitely can see the tigers. It's not like a lot of places where, oh, there's their tail. You see it sticking out from mm-hmm. you know behind that bush on the other side. of the. <laughs> no, they're right there. You definitely will see them. Uh, but they're def- like I said, there's definitely spots that could be filled in. The giant bats are, are fun to see as well because they're mm-hmm. so gross. Ugh. But um, they yeah. are pretty gross. <laughs> 
And their wingspan is like, what, three feet, five feet? Oh. And they are not bashful. No. They let it all hang out. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm just going to leave it at that. Well, if you crammed in more animals, I mean, I I think their plan is to make it their quote-unquote natural habitat. And the more you cram in there, the more like a zoo it feels, you know? Yeah, no, it's not a zoo. It doesn't even have to be a real animal i'm saying maybe put some things in there some signage or um i mean i get they try to go for the natural feel <laughs> of the forest but you know put in some information post or something in between these long treks between yeah exhibits yeah. Mm, okay. an interactive queue maybe like a splash zone for the kids to play in. going to, when you go to rafiki's when you go to rafiki's planet watch that's a oh, long that's a well that's a long ride from yeah. The a long walk from the train to the actual exhibit, and but they have the little, they have the little monkey cages. They have some things to read, maybe something like that. That's true. Maybe not. I feel like the the Animal Kingdom purists are hating me right now. We all love Animal Kingdom, right? I do. Yeah, yeah. It's above Hollywood Studios for me right now. Number three on the list. There you go, Matt. What's your ugly? My ugly is the Yak and Yeti restaurant. Um, uh-huh. And I, yeah, I put it decidedly in the ugly category because I think it doesn't. I think it needs to go. Ooh, yeah, wow. I just think it. Uh, we how can there, you like the quick service so much, but not the restaurant? Because when I want quick service, I go up to the counter. I get it. I don't have a problem sitting down outside. The food is fine at the quick service. I did. Sure. I find the food at the quick service tons better than the two times I've eaten at Yak and Yeti. I liked it. I've only ate there once, and I didn't have a bad experience. I do think the well. I listen. I thought the th- I thought that the atmosphere was lacking. Really? I, yeah, I thought it was. Both times I've been, it's been hot inside. Like just it's must- Asia. I know. I don't. But I don't want an authentic dining experience in Asia. <laughs> or the experiences that come thereafter. You know, just a nice, like, highly themed Disney-style restaurant would have would be nice. <laughs> Every time I, I just, you know, we went. I went with you guys our first trip or second trip. I think we it was the first, dinner, trip. first second trip. trip, second trip. And then um, I ate there once after. I think I had a. Um, oh, it was for dinner too. And and both times the food's been okay. Maybe it's what I ordered. The service is okay, but it's just one of those things where I felt like. I'd rather go somewhere else, and I feel like Asia, after all we talked about with theming and ambiance and atmosphere, it could just they could there could be something so much better there. See, I feel that way about the the counter service, which I don't yeah. dislike it, but I do feel like it's overpriced for what you get at the Yak and Yeti counter. Well, service. hello mm-hmm. Disney World. I know, but I always get my little orange chicken or whatever it is. See, I get the orange this. chicken too, and it comes in the container. And yeah. it's got like five pieces of orange chicken on top of a massive amount of white rice for yeah. like twelve dollars. Come Man, on, that rough. white rice cost them thirty-five cents, and those uh, five pieces of chicken cost you know a dollar. Yeah. That doesn't come with a side either. If you want a side with that, egg you got to pick up the egg roll. No, it does not. That's separate. I don't remember that. And I feel like that is some of the most Americanized, stereotypical Chinese food you can have, which I like it. Don't get me wrong. Listen, and the sweet and sour, and it may be with the honey glaze, it's just like a chicken nugget dipped in some honey glaze sauce put on top of white rice. (laughs) Listen, 
We're not here to critique the fast food. <laughs> I'm saying that the main restaurant need to go. Well, I just changed my bad because that's not going to – I mean my ugly because – no, I'm just kidding. That's not my ugly. My ugly is the Flights of Wonder show. Mm, now yes. – Preach it. I have to I have to give full disclosure that I've never actually seen the Flights <laughs> of Wonder show and that's because I hate birds mm. and that's – the reason why I hate birds is coming up later – in another segment and so birds you'll understand why i dislike birds and the bird show later on in the podcast it all comes down to that one story i never hated birds until that happened interesting now i want to kill them all except for ducks and penguins i only like ducks and penguins all right um i haven't seen it either i've seen videos of it on youtube i mean there's a reason i haven't seen it like i don't like birds either i'm not voluntarily going to that show but i've heard um like they still do like fraser crane jokes and stuff like that and i'm like they need to update this thing it is so old but yeah to see a live show with birds no thanks that's terrible but most of the time when i'm there and they have a show i'm glad they have it because it does eat people and you know anything that gets the children away from me is fine but i was there one day and they were like mm-hmm. begging people they're like please come in for the 230 show please oh uh-uh. no get rid of it hey but i like owls they have owls there they're pretty cool okay owls are nice i can do owls yeah well jeremy you <laughs> took my ugly but i will say that one thing i don't like and this is so small and stupid but they have a little a drink stand like a walk-up window called drink voila <laughs> Which I think is the tackiest name. Like, instead of Chaiwala, which is like a person who brings you chai or tea, you know? Yeah. Drinkwala. <laughs> That's so stupid. There you go. Thank you, Asia. That just gave us the perfect name for our drink stand. Drinkwala. We're so clever. Ha, 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 ha. No. What's two weeks in a row? Yeah. <laughs> well, um, another thing that is that didn't make my list, but... When I think about the Asia section that I that I like is I love the monkey exhibit that's kind of right there when you in the Those middle of true. it there yeah uh-huh. and, and I love that the way the monkeys are they're like right there in your face like over you there's yeah. no um, glass or plexiglass or anything and a lot of people are when they first see that kind of freak out like can they get to us but they're very mm-hmm. tame monkeys yeah. but it's just a nice element that again doesn't it gives that feel you're not in a zoo that you're in this authentic place and it's very nice i like that i too. would pay money to see one of those monkeys just go reserve <laughs> <on> somebody <laughs> like come across the water and just lay into somebody get over here tickle bell <laughs> not me though somebody else i'll video it i don't even uh, i don't even know what i would do if that happened <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, it's story time, and we're going to do a new segment called... Did that just happen? Curiouser and curiouser. And we're going to just tell a few stories of times that made us wonder, did that just happen? I'll go ahead and go first. Matt actually just reminded me of this story before we started. But my family and I, and Jeremy, were waiting in line to meet Mickey Mouse there at um, Town Square Theater. Is that right? Anyways, um, and so they've got the nice uh, queue inside. I mean, it's just back and forth, but it's carpeted and all that. And uh, all of a sudden, the crowd kind of starts parting, and we realize that this young girl had thrown up. Or maybe, no, it was a boy. He had thrown up on the carpet, and everybody was backing away. And the parents were standing there, like, waiting for a cast member to come and clean it up. And so it, it was like a... 
10 foot radius around this Well, because this vomit. the little boy, he vomited and then he started to head towards the door. <laughs> and he stopped and like every three feet, he'd vomit again. That's right. And he'd take off again and he'd vomit some more. And it was like, just stand in one place. <laughs> the damage is done. So like everybody was keeping their space. Everybody knew what was going on. You know, like word kind of spreads like, oh, you know, kid threw up over there. Well, all of a sudden, out of nowhere in the line behind us, this other little boy who runs up and he he was like, yeah, and he did like this knee dive onto the carpet, not realizing he was doing it right in the vomit. And everybody was kind of watching him like, oh, oh, he's about to, oh. So like his parents kind of yanked him up real quick after he realized what he had done. But it was pretty awesome. (laughs) I am a sympathy vomiter. And when I see somebody vomit, or particularly when I smell somebody vomit, um, <laughs> I join in. I cannot handle that at all. So as soon as this kid started to, started to vomit, I ran. I was like, I'll meet you all when it's cleaned up. And so I'm standing off to the side where I can still – I'm still in the room and kind of see everybody, but I'm not close enough to know what's going on. And all of a sudden I heard everybody go, oh, because <laughs> apparently that was the moment that the kid slid right into it. But let this be a lesson to parents. Stop letting your children just run amok or they'll end up in vomit. Amen. Who's next? <laughs> uh, Jeremy is. I'm still trying to decide which one I'm going to use. Okay. My story involves our second trip that we three took together back in May of 2009. Eight. Eight. 2008. We were at Disney's Hollywood Studios enjoying the afternoon, and we were walking past where um, American Idol is going towards Star Tours. That gives you kind of a visual there. And we're walking and talking and enjoying the day. And as we're walking, all of a sudden, I felt just a thud right into my chest and it didn't hurt but it was definitely enough that you know you're like what was that and i you know my immediate reaction was i put my hands to where the thud occurred and when i did there was some nasty gooey black stuff on my shirt and i was like oh and this is honestly this is like you know how you think stupid things in your brain that are not logical but in those moments that just the first thing that comes to you my first thought was somebody shot me with a paintball like yeah because it (laughs) felt like a thud of a paintball and the gooiness of a paintball and matt goes oh that bird just pooped on you and i was like what and he said I saw the whole thing, and, and I don't know if you remember this. You pointed up to the tree, and you're like, that bird, it pooped, and the wind caught it, and it went right into me. You, you didn't have the, the benefit of seeing it, the whole thing play out in slow motion from behind. So I see you walking, and here comes the bird, and it's like a <laughs> right into your chest. I saw it hit the wind and just like right into your chest. And that's what. And I heard it, is. too, from behind you. I heard it. He didn't hit you. tell me, like, look out. Or anything. It was it just happened so fast. <laughs> so, needless to say, thankfully, I was able to go into the bathroom and wash it off, and it all came off really easily. It didn't stain or anything, I guess, since it was very fresh. But um, <laughs> ever since that moment, I've hated birds, and I will continue because what kind of animal poops on you? That's disgusting. Most animals, you give them a chance. Well, that's Jeremy true. has joined the Human Bird Haters Club. <laughs> Except for, you know, there are a few birds that I can tolerate because they're nice, but your general bird, 
Well, and the two you mentioned earlier are two that can't really fly above you and poop on you. I mean, I guess ducks can, but I've never seen yeah. them do it. Ducks are adorable. They really are cute. They the way they waddle. It's kind of. And the penguins, the way they waddle. Mm-hmm. But them nasty birds, like them big white birds, and we talked about this a couple of podcasts ago, like in Frontierland. Oh, yeah. gross. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to watch out for the poop bombers. Yeah. <laughs> That'll If that thing had pooped on me, I'd been knocked out. That would have... <laughs> Well, yeah, could have given you heart palpitations because I heard the thing <laughs> smack into you from behind. Like I heard the splat. Like that hit him hard. Yeah. I had a friend in high school that we went to church together and he was walking from class to class in like ninth grade and a bird pooped on his head in his hair oh. walking between classes. And you know, like in high school, that is like a damaging thing. Yeah. He said when it happened and he like reached up and touched it. He like took off running to the bathroom. He's like, you a nickname. No one can life. see it. No one can ever see this. <laughs> <laughs> and to this day, he is bird crap head. <laughs> nah, for real. Hey bird. Hey bird crap head. You know that it? sounds like a Chinese dish. <laughs> <laughs> you want fried rice with bird crap head? With bird crap right. head. <laughs> We got to stop picking on the Chinese. We I'm really, so we really have nothing against them. It just kind of comes out like we don't have a axe to grind. We're just oh, my, it's my favorite food, you know. <laughs> but crap head. Okay, uh, my story occurs on a trip, I believe, with um, my good friend Jamie and another good friend Matt uh, Goodwin, who I haven't heard of in like four years. So if you're out there, give me a holla. And jail. Maybe. Uh, seriously. Guantanamo Bay. Uh, oh, they don't have that no more. We were on a, a bus on the way to one park. I don't know where we were. It doesn't matter. Um, there was a German family or some sort of European family. I'm going to guess German based on the story I'm about to tell you. And I, listen, I don't mean to be uncouth or, or dirty or say bad words, whatever. This isn't a bad word. But these folks had a, a child, maybe two or three years old. And they were bouncing the child, you know, playing with it, looking at him and, like, giggling, you know, having a good time, like most families would do with a small child on the bus at Disney World. And he had his little Mickey ears on, cute, and having a good time. And I wasn't paying any attention to anything that was going on or being said until my friend Matt said, do you hear what they're saying to that kid? And so they kept bouncing the kid around and playing, and I started to listen. And about every other word or so, I kept hearing the word douchebag. And I was like, can I say this? I was like, <laughs> I'll allow it. I was like, what are they doing? And Matt Goodwin, he was like, I think they're calling their kid a douchebag <laughs> because it kept happening. Like, blah, 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 douchebag. Blah, 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 douchebag. <laughs> so if someone is from Germany and knows of a name that sounds like douchebag, <laughs> please let me know what it is because to this day, I want to know what they were saying to that child. Weird. The poor child named douchebag. Wherever you are, douchebag. <laughs> I love you. I'm sorry for you. <laughs> He's probably like eight years old by now, so uh, God bless you, douchebag. How many times can we say that in this podcast? Yeah. <laughs> um, piggybacking on this, uh, I feel like we can, we maybe have contributed to somebody's story involving like a did that really just happen story. Mm. And so I feel like I should tell it because on our second trip to Disney as well, we were riding the bus and our dear friend Matt here, who is not a gymnast and has never been a gymnast. Gymnast. 
randomly decided to start doing <laughs> gymnastics on the I was, bus. I was prepping for the Beijing Olympics, you know, 2008. <laughs> and he, he went completely upside down, hanging from the handrail. <laughs> which, uh, this isn't, I mean, it, it, I don't Nobody think was on the bus. Nobody I'm was on the bus. The driver was. I don't think I'm offended <laughs> by saying this, but you're not a small guy. You're not exactly no. agile, agile in that you can I'm just. I'm pretty agile. I am pretty agile. Well, you're on a moving bus to go completely. I'm not a, I'm not a gymnast. It's not, nothing I would do. I mean, I'll tell you that. But uh, <laughs> anyways, I still I still think about that every time I ride a Disney bus. I'm like, Matt uh-huh. is on his head right now, hanging upside down. I can honestly say that the driver wasn't the only one who was asking, did that just happen on that bus? <laughs> because I don't even know what brought it up. He just randomly did it. Like, we weren't even talking about gymnastics. <laughs> Uh, it was impressive. Olympics. This is what happens when you go to the parks with the Mad Chatters. You just never know. That's right. This is true. <laughs> All right. Well, stay tuned. When we come back, we've got some fun questions we're going to ask each other for the Mad Q party. All right, we have got 10 questions that we came up with, and uh, these are what-if questions, kind of, uh, and we're all going to answer them. So let's just go ahead and kick it off, and I'll go ahead and ask the first one. My question is, what Disney World attraction would you like to see get a holiday overlay, and what would it look like? So for those of you who don't know, um, Disneyland has two attractions, Haunted Mansion and um, It's a Small World. Oh, and and Space Mountain, so three, that every year get um, an overlay for a certain holiday, and they just completely redo it to theme it around that holiday. And Disney World, until last year, pretty much, um, didn't do that. Um, there are lots of reasons that they give, but for the first time last year, they did Jingle Cruise instead of Jungle Cruise. And Matt's rolling his eyes, but anyway, I didn't see it. Anyway, so my question is, what attraction would you give a holiday overlay to? Matt. Uh, mine is going to be the Jungle Cruise, but it will be for Halloween, maybe even Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party only. Mm. I think it would be really cool to have – like Hong Kong is already doing like a nighttime version. Is it Hong Kong or Tokyo? One of them is already doing a nighttime version of the Jungle Cruise only. Like it's daytime, there's a version, and there's a nighttime version. It's completely different. <laughs> and I think that would be really cool for a Halloween, like a mystic – River kind of, I don't know, magical. You can still have your classic scenes, but then like maybe some extra stuff in between, some different music, some different lighting effects, and especially take advantage of your big dark temple that we talked about a few weeks ago Mm -hmm. and do something cool in there. Uh, I just think that would be a terrific – I mean you could work it to whatever particular river you were on to keep it it mystic, such as uh, like voodoo-y stuff or I don't know. Sky's the limit. Would it still be funny, like tongue in cheek, kinda, or no? No, maybe not. Maybe not even with a guide. I don't know. This is if I had complete control. Mm. Maybe it would just be portions of it that would be different or added, like scary, not scary, gory junk, but, you know, spooky. Scary slash fun. I only read the jingle. I only rode the Jingle Cruise once, and I will say it was disappointing. I love the concept and the idea, but the best thing that came out of that was the poster that they advertised online. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. mean, other than that, it was kind of a letdown. 
Yeah. If you took your... I'm sorry, you go ahead. I was going to say, for Disney World to try something, they definitely just kind of barely put their toes in the shallow end um, trying to do holiday overlays. The spiel is basically all they changed. Mm. Well, even that, when I wrote it, there was like one Christmas joke, and the rest of it was the normal stuff. You know, they put the new names on the boats, and they added some Christmas decorations throughout the attraction, just bare minimum but people showed up for it like people really came out i'm hoping that showed them like this is something the east coast is interested in having and they should uh reintroduce that anytime now now that we're in november so they may have even added stuff to it i don't know hopefully well i think that if they i'm sorry if they if they went with this is a concluding thought i think that if they went with you know something a little on the dark side but still Disney, you know, Disney-fied, mystical river expedition kind of thing. They could still even play off of the 1930s, 40s, you know, adventure thing they have, but then this kind of supernatural mystical element takes over. I would enjoy that thoroughly. Okay. My holiday overlay is definitely far-fetched, but we never said that it had to be realistic. That's right. Let's hear it. Here we go. Here's my thought, and stay with me on this, okay? For Christmas, I want to completely overlay Big Thunder Mountain to the North Pole. And by doing that, all the sand would be covered with snow. And you know how the mountain, like, peaks, like, in, like, a pole shape at the top? That would be, like, the actual North Pole there. And then as you you load, instead of a train... It would be a sleigh, or it could be a Christmas train if you wanted to do a Christmas train. And you start out kind of going, and the cave would be like with icicles sticking out and ice crystals and kind of that cold, so you get that cold feel. And then as you go, the animals, like the goat, that's a reindeer standing there. (laughs) And when you go through the western town, instead of having the saloon, like that's the workshop and the elves are in there. And uh, yeah. that's my it's like a completely different attraction no it's the same track and the same (laughs) it's just change everything (laughs) yeah it's an overlay i mean if you when you ride haunted mansion holiday you'll see that that's a completely different attraction too from start to finish okay i'll go with i need to know what you would name it big big thunder north pole Perfect. Perfect. Well, mine is over at Hollywood Studios, and it's at Christmas time, and it's going to be the rock and roller coaster, but it's going to be the rock and polar coaster. Oh, ah. you definitely showed me up on that one. And, um, okay, so the queue, like, you know, they have the records hung on the wall. You can just wrap those with, like, wrapping paper, so it just is like a big present on the wall. And then you don't really need a pre-show because Aerosmith <laughs> isn't going to be the main attraction. So you can just kind of cut that out. But they can have Christmas decorations inside the recording studio. You know, like like they've just had a big party and like red solo cups every, everywhere and stuff. And because uh, they're a rock band, you know. And then you go out into the alley. And since it's Christmas time, like... You know, it'll be like there'll be a box of trash of all the Christmas decorations that they didn't use or something, and then some nice lights strung up all over the alley, and uh, and a homeless Santa OD'd in the corner. <laughs> yes, exactly. You read Just my mind. Feet hanging out from a trash can, <laughs> and a needle out of his arm. <laughs> and then, of course, when you go, it's not going to be Aerosmith, so they'll have to get. Um, 
you know, rights to just, I don't know, like five or six other songs. It's not a big deal from other artists. And you could do like Run Run Rudolph, which is like, Run Run Rudolph. You know, it's rocking. And uh, there are a few others. All I Want for Christmas is You is kind of jazzy rock. Oh my goodness! If they overlay that with Mariah Carey, I am there. I <laughs> well, am anyone's so there. version, anyone's version, and then even the signs inside the ride could. Um, I mean, you don't really have to redo those because road signs don't change when it's like you know exit signs on the interstate don't change because it's Christmas, so you wouldn't have to change it. But if you could think of some fun Christmas things, even just like red and green lighting, I don't know. But I just feel like that would be such an easy overlay to do. Change it to Christmas songs, you know. And they've already they've got the Osmo, uh, Osmond, um, bless it. What are they called? Oh God, help us! The <laughs> no. Osmond spectacle light. Johnny and Marie, oh, the Osborne. Osborne light. So it it wouldn't be the only thing at that park that's Christmas. Which yeah. I do wonder how many people show up though, thinking that's Ozzy Osbourne and his family. Yeah. Especially when they had the reality show on. Yeah. <laughs> like Sharon, the lights. Right. <laughs> <laughs> like Satan's everywhere. Oh boy! No, anyway, that be, that's a good one. I do like the idea of you're leaving a Christmas party, though. That is fun. Yeah, with like, there you, go. you know, you could have the mess, and you could even still have Aerosmith. Except it sounds like a homage to drunk driving. <laughs> <laughs> you're leaving the Christmas party, and this is why you're driving so crazy. <laughs> No, Matt, that's why you got a limo to take you because a, you shouldn't be driving. It's an homage to designated <laughs> driving is what it exactly. is. And exactly. And then by the end, where, you know, when you get to the red carpet at the end, instead of a red carpet, you can have a breathalyzer test. And everybody has to blow to see their picture. You can have yes. mug shots as your... your <laughs> <laughs> yes, there you go, yeah. Merry Christmas, here's your mug shot. I think you win. I think you're wins. You've clearly never been to Christmas at my family's house because that oh, is right. Christmas. <laughs> All right, Matt, what's your question? What's one of these? In what fictional world, based on a Disney film, would you want to live? And Derek, why don't you go first? Okay. This, okay, first, this was really easy for me because Lilo and Stitch takes place in Hawaii. And I'm like, who wouldn't want to live in Hawaii? But then I remembered it said fictional world. So scratch that. Um, so my answer is the future as seen in Meet the Robinsons. Uh, yeah, or Todayland, as they call it. Um, yeah. You know, you see the nice glimpse of, like, Space Mountain and the kind of old Tomorrowland attractions. Um, but even beyond that, they've got the robot butler. And uh, you see people being, like, sucked up in the tubes and then instantly showing up at their workplace or wherever they're going. So and instant, the flying cars. The flying, well, yeah. Are the flying well, car? I mean, well, the, the time, time tra- travel thing yeah. is a flying car. Yeah, yeah. Um, so there, there's another one, time travel, which I don't know if I really want to do that. But um, anyway, so and everybody's happy. You know, they're all happy people. So that is that, that's my answer. Well, this is, is it called Todayland? Is that the name of the place? Or well, is it, as the name they, of the I think it's probably just the name of the town. I don't know. Oh. But it's kind of just a joke to the fact that right, right, right. Tomorrowland and Todayland. But there's a sign. As they fly over. Keep moving forward. I need to watch that movie again. I love that movie. Yes. Mine is... This was difficult for me because there's so many films that I wish I could be in. But again, I think we qualified it in our our discussion as, do you really want to live in that kind of a land that is... You know, even though there's a cool hero or whatever, it would be a difficult thing to live in. So I chose the world of Wreck-It Ralph because... Mm. 
how many times do you play a video game and you thought, oh, this would be fun to experience in real life? And then if you get tired of the land you're in, you can go to the terminal station there and go visit another land. So you can oh, go. You mean like the entire video game universe? Yeah, the universe of Wreck It Ralph. You know? Not just that little apartment building because I, no, I would no. jump I would jump out of the top window and kill myself. <laughs> no, no, I'm talking about the whole Wreck It Ralph universe. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's cool. You can travel cuz then you know you can go visit the candy whatever or Sugar you rest. can go to Super Mario Brothers or Pac-Man or all that. And I just think that would be fun cuz there's lots of different options then. You never have you to go to Mortal Kombat and and get sliced in half. Yeah, I definitely would not be going there. <laughs> Why not? That and the army one. I'm not going to that one either. <laughs> yeah. Partially because I don't want Jane Lynch yelling at me. But I just think it would be fun. It'd be a great little. It's kind of like when we go to Disney World, but we never go over to the ESPN section. It'd be like that. Some parts we <laughs> yeah. would just leave alone. <laughs> yeah, I won't be in any Madden games or anything like that. <laughs> I'd like to see that. I would pay tokens to see that. <laughs> I, <laughs> mine, uh, hands down, without a doubt, immediately, first thought that came to mind was Neverland. Mm. Why wouldn't you want to live in Neverland? I mean, you've got pirates, and you got Indians that are kind of, you know, relationally awkward, as it is with uh, Native yeah. Americans. Uh, you smoke your peace pipe whenever you want. And then they want to burn you at the stake for something you didn't do. But all that being said, they're kind of playful <laughs> villains. But besides that... Yeah, besides the burning at the stake, they're kind of playful villains. And even then, I mean, you got... It's just a pretty place. Maybe it it's just because nice. the, the animation is so gorgeous when they're when they're when they're yeah. when they're flying in on the movie and they got the rainbow there and the clouds and the, the mermaid lagoon. island. Just, yeah, and I was gonna say it'd be nice pretty. to relax in the lagoon there with the mermaids. I mean, that's not a bad life. Just laying there on rocks all day, enjoying the water, yeah. the weather, and the water. The water, the water. But if you ever had people around you who you were like, could you just grow up already? Well, it's not gonna happen because <laughs> that's right. No one grows up ever. It's like one big Adventureland island. Mm. That's basically what it is. Without, without the magic carpets. carpets. Exactly. <laughs> no carpets. Yeah, I think that'd be wonderful. Yeah, yeah. that would be nice. That'd and be you good. can fly. You can fly. You can fly. Well, you could fly in my video game world as well. Wendy! You can't fly in. Oh, yeah, you can. Meet the Robinsons. You can fly too. My question, what Disney snack slash dessert would you like to eat every day if you could? And let me qualify this by saying every day, meaning it also does not include calories. Oh, cool. In that case. (laughs) Matt, go first. Mine is easy. The Dole Whip Pineapple Float. Mm. Wow. Yeah, especially now that I live in Florida, it just seems, um, except tonight, it's like 30 degrees. It, it, it just seems appropriate. And I love it. I love the, I like the Dole Whips by themselves, but the pineapple juice makes it. And I would, I would enjoy one of those every day. Very See, the classic. pineapple juice is too much for me if huh? you're doing Dole Whip. I can do Dole Whip, but if I'm going to do pineapple juice, I do the vanilla. And it gives like a nice I could go with that. pineapple creamsicle kind of a thing. It's yeah. very good. I highly recommend it. It'd be a second choice. Mine is also pineapple-y, but not that pineapple-y because, honestly, I can't – I almost can't do the Dole Whip. It's a little too pineapple-y for me. But mine is the bread pudding over at Ohana. It's yeah. their – it's a very subtle pineapple taste, but it's pineapple bread pudding with the Bananas Foster caramel sauce. Mm. And it is amazing. I remember <laughs> when our family went for the first time – that was the first time I went. I brought my whole family – 
And, you know, we were full because it's all you can eat. But they're like, well, let's go ahead and bring out the dessert. And we said, what is it? And they explained it. We were like, I, I don't really know. We don't really know. That sound good. And they're like, well, you, you've already paid for it. So we'll go ahead and bring it. We tore that bread pudding down. Oh, my gosh. We ate it so fast. We were like, more? Not really, but, oh, it's so good. Oh, that's an area where Disney is a genius. It's like the creme brulee. <laughs> Because it's made with that, it's made with day-old pineapple coconut bread. Mm-hmm. The stuff they give you, yeah, hundred percent profit. Mine is the school bread in Norway mm. at Epcot. I love it. It's great. I've never met anybody who doesn't love it. To me, though, it's the perfect. It's not too sweet. Um, but it's just sweet enough. And I love in my normal life. My one of my biggest. Uh, kryptonite i guess you could say is boston cream donuts and oh i want one right now we can't do food segments anymore without seriously i'm like salivating over here (laughs) but the school bread to me is that same kind of um idea of a cream of a boston cream donut where it has the the custardy filling but this one is better because it has that nice coconut um Mm -hmm. flakes on top and it's really good i could eat one right now that would be my wife's i've never actually had school bread because i always forget about it when i'm in that section of the park but it's become one of my favorite desserts just from like looking at pictures because i know i would love that thing yeah listen that little bakery there in norway is probably my favorite counter service in all of epcot if not all the world now, because yeah, I so. get the roast beef sandwich there and the school bread, and that is the perfect. Ooh, meal. you got to get the ham and apple sandwich. See, I'm not a big sweetened person on my that sandwich. Sounds good it's got to me. Onion chutney on it's delicious. Oh, but the the roast beef has that cheese. I forget. I've never had that. That might be oh. good too. You had they warm oh. that Joker up. Mm. Listen, I was there. You got to stop. I was there one time. The last time I was there was with some friends, and I was raving about the school bread all day long because we were going to have a quick dinner there. <laughs> and we get in line. It's right before Illuminations, and I order my roast beef sandwich and my school bread. And one of my friends behind me, she ordered the roast beef sandwich and the school bread. And then the other two girls were there, and they were like, sorry, we're out of school bread. <laughs> and they were like, oh. And then I had this real ethical dilemma because i'm like do i share my school bread because i really don't want to share my school bread <laughs> don't share the school I, bread <laughs> and i think guard it with your life thankfully the Hover. behind me was like oh you guys can share it with me and i was like good i don't have to share yeah so, yeah <laughs> yeah let the girls share that's right exactly all right next question what scene would you add to the end of spaceship earth to continue the story of communication so matthew what scene would you add I would add this. Let me also define it as where I would add it. And oh, okay. that is that because the end is kind of up for debate. Where is the end of the actual scene? You know, I'm saying it'd be after the observatory planetarium part when you're in descent. Mm-hmm. Now, I know they have that whole, you know, the questions thing and then you get to see your little picture. You know, that's fine and all. But I, I kind of miss the um, the old school scenes as you were going back you know going backwards in your descent and they had some a really cool ending there for a while that most old school spaceship earth fans love but i think they could add to it scenes depicting communication with people that are traveling in space um in in such a way to where it 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 showed 
normal, everyday, civilian-type people regularly traveling in space, or even people communicating with people that were living on different planets. This would, I think, add a nice little uh, Horizons kind of flair to the end of Spaceship Earth that I think people would appreciate. You know, people colonizing in space and all these things. I think that'd be really cool. And very possible and very futuristic. Very futuristic, yeah. Well, mine is up in the hypothetical in that it would go right after the Steve Jobs in the garage scene, but there's really not space for it, so we're just going to pretend there is. And Because to me, it just kind of ends abruptly. I love Spaceship Earth. I love the story of communication, how it starts all the way back with the cave drawings. And it does a great job telling that story. But then it stops at like 1970. And there's so much that has happened, obviously, <laughs> in the world of communication. We got computers. Yeah. So my... My additional scene would include an audio animatronic of a man by the name of Martin Cooper. And you don't know this name, but Martin Cooper is considered the father of the cell phone. He invented the modern cell phone, which was different than the car phone in the uh, 60s and early 70s. And he worked for Motorola and all this kind of stuff. So I think a nice uh, homage, excuse me, uh, homage to him. Either with a cell phone or, you know, because you already have Steve Jobs and, you know, iPhone kind of a thing. Hold on. Is it officially Steve Jobs? Well, they never say it's Steve Jobs, but I it's mean. It's young people in California. It's Steve Jobs. It's Steve Jobs or Bill Gates, but. Also, he looks dead. So. <laughs> well, the, it, it's, I think it's Steve Jobs because he's got the long, shaggy hair that looks like the, the young Steve Jobs okay. uh, we can, did. We can debate that. Looks like anyone in the 70s. Yeah. yeah, but I'm I'm gonna go with Steve Jobs. Uh, anyways, I just think something to do with cell phones because obviously cell phones in the last thirty years have revolutionized the way that we communicate with one another. I also thought, and I don't want to do two, but if you didn't want to do something cell phones, definitely expanding the internet in some way because those mm-hmm. two things, cell phones, internet have radically changed how we communicate with one another. And I think they would still help continue to tell the story of communication. Yeah, yep. mine. I'm going to piggyback on yours because mine's also smartphones. You're right. I, I mean, we do everything on our phones nowadays. And, you know, 10 years ago, we not even everyone had them. Um, 10 years ago, I was playing Snake on my uh, Nokia <laughs> with the little I don't think I owned one 10 years ago. Yeah, I remember so. the first, I probably about 10 years ago was the first time I got a text message. And I remember thinking, how do I send one back? Did this just cost me money? What is this? <laughs> yeah. Remember when they were 10 cents to receive and yeah. to send a yeah. text message? And I'd be Gosh. telling people in high school, be like, do not text me. My mom is going to be so upset <laughs> if there's an extra $3 on the bill. <laughs> exactly. So anyway, my scene would be like um, you could go by like a, a booth at a restaurant and all four people are playing on their smartphone. And then you could like go by um, like a keg party or something and everybody's just on their phone. And Judy Dench's um, narration would just say, now we've reached the point of communication where you don't have to speak out loud anymore. You can just use your phones. And and soon, your thoughts. <laughs> exactly. Bum, bum, bum. So a little bit of sarcasm there is what you're saying. Well, I mean, truth is truth. A little you bit like of social commentary. Means. Social commentary, that's a good way of putting it. You got your party scene and your rock and polar coaster, your party scene in Spaceship Earth. <laughs> What other ride can we put a party scene yeah. in? We got a kegger and then red solo cups. What Who am knows? I giving away about myself? I don't know what's happening. Yeah. 
something something Freudian there. I guess so. Matt? If you could experience anything at Walt Disney World entirely by yourself with no one around, what would you do? Jeremy? <laughs> I was hoping I wouldn't go first on this one because I thought about this and I don't really have an answer. The mm-hmm. only thing that I can think of that I really think would be fun, but... <sighs> When I say by myself, I mean like maybe my group of friends that are with me, not mm-hmm. – is that allowed? Sure. But I don't know. I don't make the rules. The only thing I can think that would be extremely enjoyable would be to be out on um, a boat in the Seven Seas Lagoon mm. watching Wishes in the distance. And again, I don't want to do it by myself, but you know, like if like the three of us on a trip did it, and it was just us on the boat, maybe even like the the big um, the big boat. Uh, oh my gosh, its name which went right on my head. The one that takes you to the Magic Kingdom from the TTC. The ferry. Uh, the <laughs> Admiral Fowler. The ferry, yeah. yeah the the Admiral Fowler ferry the ferry boat. <laughs> <laughs> Even if we, you know, if that was just parked out there in Lagoon, maybe had some appetizers and uh, you know some something to drink and some school bread. Yeah, there you go. And watching the wishes in the distance, I think that would be very. You keep wonderful. taking my answers. Mine is wishes too. Oh. I want to be parked right in the middle of Main Street, behind the partner statue, or like with it between me and the castle. Yeah, and I'm sorry, I don't even want my friends there. But you know, wishes the soundtrack is so good, and you always hear like, I I'm one of those people who in the movies want it to be completely silent. I hear people mm. sharing their popcorn. I have to look over there. I hear someone like clearing their throat. And, oh, wishes is terrible true. with that going on. Exactly, like everyone talks, and and even the oohs and ahs. Like obviously, it's okay because shut up, shut up. But I, but it still just kind of takes away from the moment of being like totally soaked into this show. The cast members are some of the worst, and I know that they have to be this way. But if you are near one of those crosswalks, keep moving, please. Keep moving. Oh, yeah. Keep it doesn't moving, care. They don't sir. care if you're there watching it or not. It's like, come this way. Walk this way. Yeah. Shut up. With their little uh, flashing blue ones. Many, yes, lightsabers things. Yeah. But Wishes has so many great moments, like it, just in the soundtrack alone. When he says, uh, look, it's the Blue Fairy and the, the whole I Wish montage. Like so many good moments that can easily get ruined by, you know, a kid saying, can I get on your shoulder? And all that kind of yeah. stuff. So yeah, to be yeah, able to yeah. watch that alone, and it, I mean, plus you're on Main Street all by yourself. But anyway, I see. That I, I but, do agree. I wish I could see that by myself. But when I say by myself, you, I think you want to experience that still with other people. Well, then, as soon as it's over, everyone comes out of the shops and surrounds me and says, "Did you like it?" Right. <laughs> <laughs> they come out and say, "Surprise, we're here too," and then it'll be okay. Yeah, <laughs> all thirty thousand of us are still here. Crammed into the shop. Hey, but you could do. You could get some really good earbuds and play the soundtrack for yourself Ooh. at ten o'clock on the dot when it starts. It's not bad. Yeah, but you got to have some serious. You I know, hey, you're about five mm-hmm. seconds behind, and you'll be all messed up. <laughs> like, well, you start it right at ten. It starts on time. You just got to time it. Mm-hmm. You'd be good. I would. Um, I had a very general answer, but I want to specify it down to one attraction, and that's that I would want to be inside of, I'm going to say Pirates of the Caribbean, just because it's my favorite, Mm -hmm. and just be able to get out of the boat and walk around and just look and explore everything. Mm. Like, 
what's behind this rock? <laughs> you know, the little, those little portions where you can see that there's another track, you know, where they take the boats off to repair yes. them or something. When I was little, I always just wanted to get out and go look behind there. You know, and it might ruin the magic for me, quote unquote, but see the, see the portions of the ride track and the ride that are not what you see. Like after it goes out of the exit area, back to the entrance area, I'd like to stay on the boat. And just see what's behind there, mm. even if it's awful and terrible looking. I think it's just pitch black. Maybe there seems to be a light back there, like a white light. Mm. Go to the light, man. Yeah. <laughs> but I would love it. I'd like go up and touch all the animatronics and be like, "Hey, you've been here since 1977." And their clothes like disintegrate. <laughs> <laughs> their faces crumble. <laughs> all that original Walt Disney World. Mm-hmm. Mark Davis, cool. mm, gone. Now, I, w- I would do it with any ride, but I, I specified uh, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah. Well, my next question involves celebrities. Walt Disney World has lots of shows and attractions that have featured celebrity images and voices. And so, what would you? Uh, what celebrity would you add to an attraction or show? And by doing this, you can either add a celebrity in just. Randomly, or it would maybe a replacing a celebrity, but what's a celebrity you would like to see in a show at Walt Disney World? Derek! Okay, I have two, but I don't think I'll take one of yours, surely. Just say it. Okay. Shirley? Who's so, she? <laughs> so I would like to add Shirley MacLaine to... No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so one is kind of serious that I is boring, but I really do kind of want to see it, and that is... At Impressions de France, which it's like, what, 17, 18 minutes, yes. kind of stale. I, I know it has its, it has its fans. It's a little old, but I do think it's, it's important to have there. So I could see them updating it and I could, and it's kind of a classy, you know, Oh Canada has Martin Short. It's like comedic, but this one's more classy. And I, what classier actress is there, in my opinion, than Marion Cotillard? Something like that. I think is how you pronounce it. You are such a snob. I love her so much. Like, just I, I can just watch. I can just watch her on screen all day. She's the one who's in Inception and um, The Dark Knight Rises. Um, she won an Oscar for a French film, La Vie en Rose. But anyway. She is wonderful, and her voice is so soothing. I know, I sound like such a snob, but her voice is so soothing, and she could totally narrate a new Impressions to France film. But anyway, but my other one, which um, will relate more to you common people. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But Journey to... Ima- Journey... Wait, what's it called? Journey into... Imag- Journey to Imagination... <laughs> Yes, Lord. Journey to imagination. Journey to imagination. Let's say it more. Journey. Journey. (laughs) It's been called like eight different things over the years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, whatever that British guy's name is, he needs to go. Eric Idle? Eric Idle? Idle? So you are propping up the French. (laughs) And this British guy, whoever he is... Let me tell you what you can do. You can okay. get a big old basket of freedom fries. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm in support of France. Anyway, okay, so I think you could add the whole cast of the Big Bang Theory in there. Are but you kidding me? Is that for real yours? Yes. Oh, well, no. mine was Jim Parsons. Mine was into Jim what Parsons. Attraction? Not uh, into Journey into Imagination. I knew I shouldn't have given them both. I'm sorry. Wow. With a t- 
with a total like with a total redo. No, I'm fine. That's that's spectacular. Listen, that. though, that is genius. I want them to play their characters, not. I do not. I just want Jim Parsons as like a scientisty, you know, giving a little nod to people know what he is, but yeah. not like in your face Big Bang Theory either. Yeah. Into Journey, into Vic, Journey, well, let me into say. Journey to Imagination. I was cool. saying, take out, take out the theater, take out the current ride, redo the whole thing, and make him kind of like your host. And then Figment's in there too. I was gonna say, would yeah. you keep Figment? You gotta keep Figment. Gotta keep Figment. Yeah. yeah. Lose their mind. Um, I will say that Eric Idle is wonderful, and he's just a bad. He's in a bad show. He's not yeah. a bad actor in that show. Yeah, it's not his fault. Yeah, it's not his fault. So, Eric Idle, we love you. Do another attraction. But I feel like each room could be a different cast member. You know, like Raj could do the the sense or whatever. Yeah, that would be fun. I, I didn't think about Big Bang Theory or those characters, but that would definitely work. And that would bring some relevance to it that I think the average Disney person or Disney fan or Disney visitor would enjoy. Yeah, I think so. Hey, but look. This might have happened plenty of other places, but is it a big deal that that's a CBS thing? Well, these I'm are, sure these are all be, just what ifs. So <laughs> we didn't get into contract uh, negotiations here. Hey, I was thinking too realistically, you know. I guess so. Well, mine also is an Epcot, and I've said this to you all before. You may not remember, but mine would be in Ellen's Energy Adventure. And oh, I would like you to... would take Ellen out of that. <laughs> you love her. Yeah, it would be Oprah's energy. Well, no, I'm you just could do a switch from '90s Ellen to now Ellen. It would be... <laughs> exactly. Hold on, calm down, calm down. Because I, that's what I want. I want to update the show because Ellen is more popular now than she was in '96. I want to keep Bill Nye the Science Guy because he's entertaining and has a nostalgic level there. Uh, Jeopardy is still popular, but. I want to do the same show, maybe update the dialogue, but the same general idea. But I also want to include Neil deGrasse Tyson in the show because he is very popular and funny. And I think you could have some good banter between he and Bill Nye and Ellen kind of in the middle. And it would be a very enjoyable, entertaining, educational show. You talking about Cosmos guy? Yeah, Neil deGrasse Tyson, astrophysicist. Okay. That sounds dreadful. <laughs> what? It, you know, I couldn't really think of another park besides Epcot as far as like adding celebrities to it. It just didn't feel right for Magic Kingdom. Hollywood especially. Studios kind of a, it gives itself over to it, but it's the, there's when I think about adding ones, yeah, current attraction came to mind. No, yeah. I want to know why you think that would be terrible to add Neil deGrasse Tyson to that. Oh, I just I don't know. He's very funny. I listen to his podcast, and he's very entertaining. Ellen, 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 she she just dances all the time. She'd be dancing down the aisles of the thing. All you women, come dance with me. <laughs> down the aisle. No. <laughs> I don't even know what to say to that. When you watch her show, it's just all the women just go crazy. Like, whoa, we're dancing. We're on a TV show. It's like, stop. I watch Ellen every day, and now I will say I you. you can uh, replace Jamie Lee Curtis with somebody maybe a little more relevant as well. I think Jamie maybe. Lee Curtis is the best of all of them. <laughs> I love Jamie Lee Curtis. I mean, I like her too, but you know, she doesn't really play an important part in the show as far as that character. Tim Allen. I want to see him in something, oh but that's because I watch. 
Christmas with the cranks recently. Who are you? Oh, oh Christmas vomit. with the cranks. All over me. Seriously, I love Christmas with the cranks. That movie is it's terrible. The worst movie it's like it's just your cheesy average holiday family movie. It's wonderful. Below average. Awful. Do you like Home Alone? Yes. Those are okay, not on the same this, level. It's on the same level. No, no, no. That's John Hughes. If we're talking like cheese and believability, it's on the same level. All right, well, let's move is, on. No, hold on. Christmas with the Cranks is on the same level as that awful Reese Witherspoon and Vince Vaughn Christmas movie that my mother Ooh, dragged me to the four theater Christmases. to see. Four Christmases. That oh, is terrible, too. No. Okay, I like that one, too. Listen, I'll give, I'll give you uh, Tim Allen for Jamie Lee Curtis in Ellen's Energy Adventure if you will agree to keep Neil deGrasse Tyson. Okay. Tim Allen with Jack Jack with kids' minds will be like, why is Woody up on the screen? First off, he's Buzz Lightyear. And second, uh, (laughs) Toy Story. And Ellen is Dory, so if that's not messing with him already. That's true. Food Tim Allen and he is Buzz Lightyear. What? I don't understand. When I said Tim Allen, y'all freaked out, but he's Buzz. He yeah. is, but I don't think he's that funny, personally. He's a calming, soothing personality. I would take Ellen over Tim Allen any day of the week. Well, this celebrity thing sparked a lot of debate. It did. It did. It did. <laughs> All right. Let's move on. What Disney World splurge is at the top of your bucket list? Lots of things you can spend money on at Disney World. What do you guys want to do? I would like to stay a uh, vacation long stay, and I mean by that three or four nights at Disney's Yacht and or Beach Club Resort. Mm, absolutely. I think I like the Yacht Club better. It's just got a, a classier theme to it. The beach is a little more, not like childish, but it's a little more on the fun side. Light colors, the blues and the, the skylights and stuff. I think the Yacht Club is a little classier with the hardwood floors and the nautical theme. I like that. Plus... Easy access to World Showcase, walking mm-hmm. distance. Boat to Disney's Hollywood Studios. Walking. You could walk, you know, 25 well, minutes to Hollywood Studios. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's all terrific. Let me stay with you one night, please. Yeah, come on. This question was difficult for me as well because I – there's not really a lot of splurges that I want to do that appeal to me. I mean, I would do them, but nothing I'm, like, dying to do. But as I started to think about it, I thought something that I would – like to do one day it's something i'd never buy for myself and that is a spa day at the grand floridian Mm. resort and spa and i actually pulled up their brochure let me pull back up and i know nothing about spas or their packages or cost or anything but (laughs) the prices look outrageous to me and so but i would love to go there and to do like a nice um massage and then to have like the the exfoliation, the sugar exfoliation, body treatments, and the facial. You just and the, rub yourself down with some liniment oil, and then like just hit yourself with sticks. You get that the same. sounds miserable. <laughs> anyways, um, oh, and they have a nice foot massage. And anyways, I just think like a nice day, and all that will run you like four or five hundred dollars. Oh but, my gosh! Lord, are you kidding me? No, that's like, like uh, how much brochure. I pay for a week at a hotel. <laughs> you know, uh, we said splurge. I no, mean, yeah, I, I agree. Clearly, that's a good that one. is not something I would ever do yeah, unless, splurge. for some reason, I hit the lottery, which I don't play, or if somebody gave me an outrageous gift. And I would probably be like, "Why did you give me this? If you're going to spend this much money, there's other things." Hey, but when they, look, when they put Mike Tyson in the energy ride, you can go over there and it's get not your Mike Tyson. 
I know. Uh, <laughs> Hello, kid. We're going to talk about energy today. <laughs> that would be great. <laughs> I'll go with you there. He's got his face tattoo. Imagine on those hey, kids. <laughs> the dinosaurs. No, but for real, a spa day, if you had like a six-day vacation and you did like five days in the parks and then a day of spa and then you did your last day after that, oh my gosh, that's perfect. Yeah. Yep. Okay, yep. my splurge is food-related. It is the Victoria and Albert's Chef's Table, which is um, a 10-course prefix meal that uh, the chef chooses for you, which 10 courses, like, that's a lot. Like, I don't there know if I'd be able no to do that. Way. I'd be like, you got a to-go box around. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, they do four. that. But really? anyway, it's it's two hundred and ten dollars oh for the ten courses. Hey, but that's not bad for that kind of thing, though. I mean, I kind of want to do it when it's like when, a birthday. when we went to Disneyland. They have a chef's counter at their fancy restaurant called Napa Rose, and it's only um, ninety dollars. No, no, that's not right. One hundred and five dollars, which is half the price, and it's six courses. But I planned for months to do it like i really was gonna splurge and i remember the day i got on facebook and and sent a message to jeremy that was like you will not believe what they just announced is going down for refurb while we're in disneyland and for a month that restaurant went down and now it's back open again so we both were disappointed by i I was gonna say that was y'all's thing you were going on the tour you're going to the chef counter and they were both shut down that's because I wasn't there. The only difference is yeah. Jeremy ended up paying for his and was disappointed. <laughs> I didn't pay a cent and was You're disappointed. Right. So, anyway, but next time we go, I'm absolutely doing that chef's counter at Napoleon. Yeah, if I'm with you, I'll, I'll do that. All right. I decided I'm going to, I want to do it as well because I think it'll be a fun experience. I've all never right. done a whole full course meal, so we all could go. Great. Let's do it. Hey, and, and on the splurge day, let's just, Let's just do it all together, anyways. Matt, book the room at the at the yacht club or the wherever you said, and Derek, we'll all go to the to the spa together and enjoy the spa, and then that night we can go over to Victoria and Alberts and enjoy. We will me. feel fancy that day. That's like one day. It would cost like three vacations. But <laughs> exactly. We'll do it. Dreams come true. Dreams come true. <laughs> Is it my turn to ask a question, Matt? I think so. Matt's turn. Oh. Describe a piece of merchandise you would love to see in the Disney parks. Piece of merchandise in the Disney parks. Mr. Derek, okay. why don't you go first? There are so many things that I would like to see that I, I feel like would be so easy to do and not know why doesn't do them. But I did narrow it down to one. And I just feel like they need to, have, they need to be better about selling all of their music on CD. Fireworks mm. soundtracks... Um, background music. I don't know if they're afraid that people will use them for and sell them. I don't know, but they have so much good original music that mm-hmm. I want on CD and not have to go find down on you find on YouTube that someone's recorded it like standing by a speaker for an hour. You know, yeah, that's all there is. Is that yours too? Uh, I was so happy that you said that because I had two and I really wanted to say both of them. But you just said one. Good. It, and what I specifically put on there was a thing they used to have, which was like a kiosk called uh, Disney World Forever. And you could go in like a photo booth looking thing, you know, shut the thing behind you. And it had like a little touch screen. And you could literally go anywhere in Walt Disney World, resorts, theme parks. And then even like down, like if you hit a Haunted Mansion, you could choose an area like the queue, this room, this room, the whole ride or this exit music. And you could pick like... 10 to 15 tracks and make yourself a CD of this stuff. Shut up. 
Yeah, I actually have one, and being 11 years old, I chose awful things. But <laughs> actually, no, I did choose some pretty good ones. One of them that I, I love is the um, the music as you leave the Haunted Mansion, which is now on most of the official soundtracks. The guys, the uh, acapella kind of singing. Oh, yeah. Uh, the very faint chant-like stuff. Yeah, but that was my thing. But my official one now, since that's, that's yours, that's officially yours, is... Um, piggybacking on the music, taking a piece of Walt Disney World home, and I think they should really market some of the smells of Walt Disney World beyond... <laughs> well, Jeremy already told us he has a turkey leg air freshener. I know. I mean, be honest. I mean the pleasant ones. I mean, like, really, you know, if you're at the Polynesian, this is what we use to make our resort smell so great, or contemporary. And there are boards and forums you can get on to find out what's close but, you know, if they just did that, it'd like take Disney home with you with this smell and they charge 50 bucks for it. There's some money, you know. Yeah. Well, and smells are, you know, very powerful, scent, you know, things for your memories yeah. and things. So You could just go there. Get your mildew smell from Pirates of the Caribbean. That put me right at ease. <laughs> I flooded my basement and that's why I get my pirate smell. There you go. That's why they don't sell the music and the smells. They don't want you to remember being there. They want you to have to say, well, I guess we got to go back if I want to smell that ever again, if I want to hear that ever again. That would keep me going back, maybe. Well, mine is something that you all will make fun of me for. But Stuffed animals. They already have those. I was going to say plush. Plush animals. A little more specific than that, and that is this. Um, this is really – I had short amount of time, let me just say, to come off my list. So this is really the only thing I could think of merchandise-wise currently that I really desire is a couple of years ago, they sold little plushes, little stuffed animals in Epcot of like the Fab Five members in each country dressed in the – outfits and garb of that country so like in mexico it was donald with the sombrero and his mexican clothing and in canada it was goofy with the goofy. and mickey with in uk as the soldier with the big hat anyways all of these countries had them even america had one it was like a mickey mouse with like flip-flops on and a american flag shirt which i did not purchase <laughs> because i hated that one <laughs> um but there were out of the 11 countries in Epcot, three of them did not sell these plushes. And I don't know why. And it really bothers me because I bought all of them for all the other countries and I'm missing three for the set. Now, full disclosure, I did not buy the American one. But when Derek and I were in New York a couple years ago, I found a mini dressed as the Statue of Liberty, who's the same size at the Disney store there. So that represents my America, which I like that one better. But the three countries that don't have didn't have them are Morocco, China, and Japan. And I ask a lot. Every time I was there, I would ask or I'd look, you know, and they never had them. Looked on eBay. It's not like they had them for a short time. And so I'm like, why can't you just put out these plushes just for a short time so I can finish my collection? Yeah. It's even gotten to the point that I've thought about buying just the regular Mickey and Minis and maybe like a Donald and – Asking my mother to make me clothes for it in that uh, we are passing a line. Yeah, we're yeah. passing a line. Well, it just bothers me because I have them on top of my bookcase in my office, and every time I see them, it's so nice, and it makes me think of Epcot. Except there's not the full eleven. So I'd like you to make the costumes. Well, and here's the thing: it, it drives me nuts as well. Is they put out two of them for the United Kingdom. 
I only bought the one, but they put out a Mickey as the, you know, the soldier. I forget what they call those, but, um, you know, like that. Like the Queen's Guard? Yeah. And they also put out like an Irish Mickey as well. So they have huh. two for one pavilion, but not one for three of them. Well, and in January 2016, they'll make available a Mickey wearing Elsa's dress and then a Mickey wearing Anna's dress for Norway. So you can look forward to those. You laugh. You make jokes. <laughs> oh, I thought you were being serious. I was like, why would Mickey be wearing those? <laughs> Disney's sending some weird messages that I'm not comfortable with. No, <laughs> because the Frozen, that's when the Frozen ride opened. Yeah, I got you. Okay, Guys, okay stay yeah. with me. It looked like you were reading it. It scared me. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying that won't happen, but... Oh, surely, never mind. It'd be many. Many, many. please. Yeah. I want to echo what you say about the music as well. I didn't chime in earlier, but they really should sell more music because... People like us, we go and we find it on YouTube and we rip it off YouTube anyways. So Mm -hmm. they would make money off of it. It's not like... I was shocked at Disneyland that they didn't have even the Soundsational. I love the Soundsational music, which I found it somewhere else and I listen to it all the time. But the Soundsational Parade started in like 2009. And here here in Disney World, they had the Spectro Magic Parade on CD. So I don't know why they wouldn't sell it over there. But... Yeah, I've tried to find Mickey in the Magical Map uh, yeah. soundtrack just because I wanted that Princess Medley. And yep. I still have not found a good quality YouTube video. I found one that's probably the best I'm going to find, but it's not, like, excellent quality. Yeah, stuff like that. People would buy it. Um, I mean, just sell it. I don't get it. But. Well, and it, to me, it doesn't cost – to me, it wouldn't cost that much to make. And mm-hmm. that's something you can make. You can make a – hundred million of them and you could sell from now to the end of eternity because there's new disney fans being made every day Mm -hmm. i mean i've gone back and tried to find music from the 1970s and 80s from when i you know before i was a disney fan i can't be the only one or maybe i am one of the best places for background music in all of walt disney world is the land pavilion and what's great about that pavilion especially around the soaring area is it's not like specially made specific music for it. It's it's really just a bunch of soundtracks from different movies. Like they have, I think, yep. Contact, The Rocketeer. I even heard Air E.T. in there one time. Yeah. So uh, you can, I'm sure there are websites that list all of the songs that they use. You can find it. I was going to say, I've seen the list and it's like 50 different songs. 50 wow. different films. Favorite stuff anyway. Yeah. Okay, next question. If you were a cast member, what attraction would you want to work for eight hours a day? What would be your favorite? If I could work one attraction, I would be at where? Derek. Okay, my, this is pretty easy for me. I want to do the great movie ride. Mm. That ride depends a lot on the narration and on who is your on-ride tour guide. He kind of makes or breaks the ride, and we've had a few that have broken the ride. <laughs> uh, in fact, I just remembered when we, all the three of us were on it. and uh, Was that that time? I was going to tell that story. Yes, but- and the guy disappears, because he's supposed to for a while, <laughs> and then you go through a few scenes because someone's hijacked a ride, and then your original guide shows back up in the Indiana Jones scenes, and he comes up and he says, ta-da, and our guide pops up and says, Ta-da! Like, I don't even think it was that. I don't even think it was that emphatic. It's like, ta-da! Ta-da! And it's like, it's like, boom. 
he stopped for like a second. I was like, ta-da, he's back in the car. Like, yeah. here we go. Oh, it was atrocious. And like I said, that can make or break a ride. So I would have a lot of fun, like really getting into character. And then eight hours is a long time. But when you need a break, you can just go stand by, you know, the, the movie screen and like tell people, okay, you go stand over there, you stand over there. And you're still in air conditioning. So a lot of factors went into it, but that's my answer. Yeah, mine's Pirates of the Caribbean, hands down. Which that's going to be my answer for lots of I things. Think but so. <laughs> I mean, your best queue, best loading area of any Disney ride, unchallenged. I mean, you got the 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 little diorama window looking out over the sea and the ships out there. It looks like it's so far out in the distance. It's cool. It's dark. Yep. Uh, there are worse costumes too. Yeah, <laughs> I, I thought seriously. of that. I thought of that. I was like, what do I not want to wear? You mean Fantasyland dressed up as like a hopped up elf or something. <laughs> they do look <laughs> like elves. That's I'd funny. Be, I'd rather be in Pirates of the Caribbean and I could really I could really be in character there too and yeah. it'd be fun. Arr, roll five, yeah. mateys. You'll take your fingers off. <laughs> well, my attraction I thought about I considered three. I considered Great Movie Ride. I considered Jungle Cruise, and I considered Kilimanjaro Safaris. And the reason why I considered those three is because those would require some creativity and mm-hmm. more than just standing there saying the same, please exit to the right, thank you, enjoy your day at Walt Disney World, blah, blah, blah. And after I thought about it, I narrowed it down to Kilimanjaro Safaris. The Be- reason why is because because of the animals, that really is different every time. I mean, Great Movie Ride it's fun, and so is Jungle Cruise, but it's really the same thing every time. Nothing really changes externally of the ride. But the animals, they can change anytime, and so you may have the giraffes right there next to you this trip. They may be not right there the next trip. And so you have to really work within that. And uh, plus, I, I, I've also, like, when I echo what Derek said, the driver can make or break that ride as well. I have had great, great guides that have really pointed out the animals and been enthusiastic about it and then i've had the drivers that are just you know they're using the standard script this is my favorite view in all the savannah cheryl let's say <laughs> cheryl yeah you know and you can tell their smoke break is coming up soon so but i think that would be fun and i do think even though you're outside that car has got to have some ac at least on the driver right there so yeah, yeah. You're and still you get cool. to hear that radio music you love i better uh, say the song that's been playing on the radio station for 20 years Love it. Do you know what that actually, what they're singing? It's in Swahili, but do you know what it is? Look at the animals. They pretty. This is the same song. For 20 years. No, that is the Lord's Prayer in Swahili. Huh. You made that, that up. No, I, I promise Jim you. Jim Cork has told you that. <laughs> no, that is legit. That is legit fact. And we will put a link to, I'll make sure and put a link to the YouTube video of so you can hear the music in the show notes. All right. That brings us to our last question, which is, if you were a cast member, what is the last attraction you would want to work for eight hours a day? Matthew. It's a small world. Uh. <laughs> it's not even about the music. Oh. It's about if I, it, the music is crazy enough, but I like the music. If I was up in that little perch that overlooks 
the it, it's such a happy place that it, and lots of children are going and I love children that's children are fine but you know after a while I just not want to wave anymore yeah <laughs> it's just natural when you sit down there you look up and everybody's like hey and like no just yeah <laughs> yeah you just reminded me of the guy we saw up there with both of his hands doing like a hallelujah type wave I mean he did not stop and we kept looking back up like he's still doing it he's still doing it and it was like this grin on his face you might stop. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> a good one. That's a good one. Mine is a no-brainer, and we've already brought it up once tonight, but it is Flights of Wonder. <laughs> <laughs> if I had to work with birds for eight <laughs> seconds a day, let alone eight hours, I would go out of my mind. I, I, you cannot. Like, no, you can't. I could not do that. want to pay money to see that. I would love <laughs> Yeah. Well, my original answer was, it's a small world as well. But since Matt said that, I'll tell you my second answer. And this is just nothing to do with the attraction, but I just feel like the cast members here are always grouchy. So I feel like there must be something there. And that Mm. is at Soren. I have never experienced a happy, Mm. joyful, pleasant cast member at Soren. It's always, pull the yellow tab. Sir, you can't put that there. (laughs) <laughs> you know, and it's never. And then, and then when they're done, exit to the left. Go, go, go. You know, it's never been like, oh, well, we're happy to be here today. And maybe it's just because a lot of people are mad in after standing in that queue for so long yeah. that they're just fed up when they're they're ugly to the cast members. So it's a defense mechanism. I don't know. But I think it's the it's the the way because of the popularity of the ride and the, and the, and the queue times they get for it. They're kind of pulling the Splash Mountain and try to get people off and on very quickly, like a quick turnaround. And uh, I noticed the last time I went, they were really, really hustling everybody out and trying to get everybody in really quickly. And to the point where the cast member will open the door and then just leave you and try to go in and help get everything settled. But then the people in the rows, like row three is going first, and then people just start taking off, and everybody's going to wrong rows, and people are trying to leave their shoes, and it, it can be hectic. I can... See why you would be uh, perturbed all the time. Well, even we wrote it in California, which I haven't ridden it in Florida in a long time. But like the last time I wrote it in California or in Florida, you know, like you leave your flip flops there on the ground because you come right back down to that spot. So we like did that, or I did that, assuming. And she was like, "Sir, you have to put those in the net." And I was like, "Oh, you know." And it, I don't know, just the tone and the way she said it, it was kind of like, "Okay, you can be a little nicer and tell me that." But anyways, yeah, maybe it's just my perspective. No, that's a good one. Yep. All right. Well, that concludes our Mad Q party. Um, we'll we'll probably do this again soon. So if any of you have questions for us that you would like an answer, you'd like our answers to, go ahead and send them to comments at madchatters.net. Um, also, be sure to leave a review on iTunes. That would really help us out. Um, it kind of shows people who we are and what we're all about. Um, be sure to follow us on Twitter at mad underscore chatters. Like us on Facebook. Um, thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next week. Adios. Mm-hmm.